Hi, and welcome to the On the Blue Couch podcast. I'm Kathleen, host and psychotherapist, bringing you information, reflections, and interviews on anything and everything related to therapy. This is episode 28, The Daring Way, a conversation with Sally Frau. Hi, all, and welcome to this 28th episode. Uh, Today, we will be talking about The Daring Way. Um, And I'm going to share with you an interview I had with Sally Frau, uh, who is the owner and sole practitioner at Compatible Counseling Solutions here in the Chicago area. So Sally specializes in providing counseling and therapy to individuals going through life transitions uh, who struggle with conceptualizing alternative ways to create a happy and joyful life. In addition to her ongoing practice with individuals, Sally also provides an assessment and matched referral service uh, to individuals, couples, and families who want help finding the right therapist to meet their needs. Sally is a certified Daring Way facilitator, and she provides both group and individual services using the Daring Way curriculum and also using the newer Rising Strong curriculum, which she's going to talk about. Um, If you have heard of The Daring Way, then you've likely heard of Brene Brown. Uh, For those of you not familiar with Brene Brown's work, she has done extensive research um, in the area of vulnerability uh, and shame. And she is really well known for two of her TED Talks. One is called The Power of Vulnerability and the other one is Listening to Shame. And I highly recommend you check both of those out. Brene Brown is also well-known for some of the books that she's written, including Daring Greatly and Rising Strong. Um, From my understanding, the Daring Way um, curriculum is based on Daring Greatly, which makes a lot of sense. Um, And Daring Greatly, the book itself, um, is based on a lot of her research around shame and vulnerability and also includes um, some talk about wholehearted living. And Brene weaves in the research with her own personal experience. So I'm just going to take a moment and quote what appears to be one of or a part of the mission statement of The Daring Way. And it is that The Daring Way is committed to creating a global conversation on courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy, and strives to ensure that the empirically based research is accessible to all communities. So Sally's going to share more of what it means to participate in the daring way, what it looks like, uh, what one's experience would be like participating in a weekend or another format. Um, So I really hope you enjoy this interview. Here you go. Hi, Sally. Thank you so much for joining us on the On the Blue Couch podcast today. I'm excited to talk about The Daring Way. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh huh. You know, I've been hearing about The Daring Way for many years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm familiar with some of the books that kind of are have some of the philosophy, I guess, that are connected to it, which I know we're going to get into. But how do you describe The Daring Way to people who've never heard of it before? Okay. Well, The Daring Way is actually a curriculum um, intended originally for groups, but it's also facilitated with individuals. It's based on the work of Dr. Brene Brown, who Uh is a researcher and professor at the University of Houston Graduate School of Social Work. Um, And it's based specifically, most specifically, on her 2012 book, Daring Greatly. 
Yes. Um, and, and it's the first of actually two formal curriculums that we as Certified Daring Way facilitators have uh, in our little toolbox that we can facilitate with people. The other one is a newer curriculum. It's about a year old oh. called Rising Strong. Okay. Based on her 2015 book, Rising Strong. They're both a little bit different, and I've had some experience facilitating both of those curriculums. Okay. Yeah. How did you decide that you wanted to get certified in the Daring Way and begin um, facilitating these groups? Yeah, it's interesting. Actually, I first became acquainted with Brene Brown um, when I was in, I think it was, it was in 2012, but it was before Daring Greatly was released. And I was going on a weekend leadership retreat that was really based on developing yourself as an authentic leader and bringing your whole self into leadership. Uh Um, And part of our homework before we went on this retreat was to view the TEDx talk from 2010, which is called The Power of Vulnerability Mm -hmm. by Brene Brown. And I had never heard of her. And um, so I'm doing my homework and I watched this video and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, this is really everything that I see so many people um, just struggling with all the time, people who feel like they're really stuck in a box, people who feel like they can't risk fear of rejection, they can't change their job because it might mean that they're a failure, all sorts of things where people, you know, they feel like they can't say yes when they mean yes and they can't say no when they mean no and they really feel afraid of losing connection with people and I thought this is this is the stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and so when I got back from my retreat, I, you know, just Googled Brene Brown and I went, she has her own website, brenebrown.com. So I looked on her website and I found she had a curriculum and I registered it for, for it right away. By then, um, they changed the name to, to, Daring, to The Daring Way based on the book Daring Greatly because that had been released. And so I was able to get on right on the ground. I was one of the first people trained, which was uh-huh. just awesome, and you know was able to be part of the molding of it, and um, have been facilitating it since then, mostly with individuals. Uh-huh. Um, but I've done, let's see, two Daring Way groups and one Rising Strong group, um, and they've they've been wonderful. They've been really really successful. I'm really, really, really pleased to be part of this community. Uh-huh. So starting with the Daring Way, mm-hmm. what can people expect from, I understand like you have a weekend retreat coming up in November. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what can people expect from the time that they walk in the door to the end of the retreat? Like what are some of the things that happen during that time? So the Daring Way is a 16 session um, moduled curriculum mm-hmm. and we so when we do either an, we can do it in eight-week group format or we can do it in the weekend retreat format I found the re- weekend retreat format is a little bit more powerful in a lot of ways for one thing because you don't have these big breaks between sessions you can kind of move through the whole thing mm-hmm. so we go through the whole thing it's based on you know originally on daring greatly and so the basic premise is that if you want to show up, be seen, and live brave in your life, you're going to fall along the way. Um, and so this is all about how do you walk into the arenas of your life bravely mm. um, and, and learn to be vulnerable and learn to um, kind of access 
truly authentic and wholehearted lives. And there's a quote I want to read because the quote is actually kind of the, the base of Daring Greatly, the base of the Daring Way, and, and a little bit the base of Rising Strong as well. And I know Brene has it in the beginning of the Daring Greatly book uh -huh. and in the beginning of the Rising Strong book. And it's really important to the whole curriculum and everything we do going forth with the weekend retreat. So I'm just going to read that, and then I'll tell you a little bit more about the retreat. Okay. Okay. So this is a Theodore Roosevelt quote um, called The Man in the Arena. And the, and the quote is, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm remembering her. I saw her right after the book actually had been released, mm -hmm. uh, Daring Greatly. Okay. And what a fun talk that was. Yeah. You know, she's such a great speaker and she has such an energy. And, you know, there's such a feeling of feeling so moved and inspired. And so I can only imagine what a weekend would be like, you know, in a group full of people who are there for that purpose. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And and with the group, each one of these 16 modules actually has a videotape kind of introduction that's done by Brene. So you mm -hmm. kind of have a little bit of Brene in the room with you. Uh -huh. And what's so great with her is that she draws from these amazing personal experiences. And so she can take mm -hmm. each of these concepts um, that we talk about in the group and you hear that and you go, oh, yeah, this is real for me. Uh -huh. um, it makes it easier to open up. It makes it easier to be present. Um, we start the group um, with a lot of kind of group building and setting the stage for how things are going to go. And we spend a lot of time on that in the first day. And it's a really powerful experience. We kind of have an introduction and we talk about the man in the arena and the arena because the arena is a metaphor we use all the way through the daring way uh -huh. um, in terms of that you're walking into an arena in your life. And how do you dare greatly while you're in that arena in your life? How do you step in vulnerably? How do you take off the armor that keeps you from being seen and allow yourself to truly be seen? Mm -hmm. And so in that first module, what we do is we put up um, newsprint all around the room. Uh -huh. And we ask everyone a few questions about um, what brings you here? Um, what are your fears? What boundaries need to be put in place for you to be safe? Um, what support do you need to do this work? And we have them write all their answers on post-it notes and place them up on each of those newsprints. And then we synthesize that data, which is kind of the way that Brene does all of her research, right? She does this, this method called grounded research where you gather data points and then you, from interviews and interviews and interviews, and then you um, synthesize them all and find the common ground. Mm -hmm. And what we always find, I mean, always, I don't think, I don't, I've been, and I've, I've participated in a couple groups as well, in, in addition to my national training that I did. Everybody kind of finds, wow, you know, we're all saying the same thing. Everybody kind of has the same fears. Everyone kind of has the same boundaries that they need to be put in place. And sometimes it's just 
being afraid that you're going to be ridiculed or being afraid that you're going to be cut off or being afraid that you're going to talk too much and seem stupid and all sorts of things like that. And we go through that and it just builds trust Mm -hmm. really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we proceed through the modules. We ask everyone to come in with an intention of someplace in their life that they really want to show up, be seen, and live bravely. Mm-hmm. And we go through the 16 modules over the three days um, that address topics like what are your values, clarification, how to build trusting relationships, vulnerability, lots of time on shame, uh-huh. um, and armor, and 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 whatnot. Um, there's some creative work in the group, um, which people tend to cringe at when they hear about but as Renee will not let you do anything without doing creative work and Uh there's very powerful reasons for it Uh Um, because creativity is very shameless sitting in people and to have that experience of really putting yourself out there in a creative project vulnerably in the group um, once again universally people's experiences with it are amazing it's one of the most powerful experiences and everyone who steps out there and takes that risks and does it even though they go oh creative project <laughs> they're so glad they did mm-hmm. they're so glad they did and and they come away from the group feeling strong connected and like they can really go out into their lives and do this stuff mm-hmm. it's interesting when you were talking about common ground i was thinking about how everyone i've ever spoken with who's read the book daring greatly mm-hmm. i don't know if you've had this experience where I felt like there's common ground by having read the book. If we have a conversation, it might open up mm-hmm. in a particular kind of way because we understand that word of you know vulnerability. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you could describe how you share um, what vulnerability means because it's such a huge part of all of this and it all is. of her books. And yeah. Well, I'll tell you, the the definition of vulnerability that Brene specifically uses is that vulnerability is the willingness to show up and be seen when there are no guarantees. Mm. Um, that's pretty much it. But what it basically means is that vulnerability is a risky proposition. Um, and that's why so many people try to stay away from it, obviously. Mm-hmm. You never know how it's going to turn out. Um, so... When, but when we, when we talk about vulnerability in the daring way, we always start about, with talking about what vulnerability is not. Um, and the big thing, and there are several things, but the big, big takeaway for everyone is that vulnerability is not weakness. Mm-hmm. And that tends to be the thing that we're all taught as children, is that, oh, you're so vulnerable, you're so weak, mm-hmm. you know? I was, I was watching Her- one of the Harry Potter movies recently, and I, I remember Voldemort going to Harry Potter and going, oh, you're so vulnerable, so weak. And I thought, ah, vulnerability isn't weakness, vulnerability is strength. Mm -hmm. And you hear that again and again in, you know, Harry Potter and and so many other things. Um, And so we learned that, you know, vulnerability is strength, vulnerability is courage. Some Some of the examples that Brene likes to give a lot are, you know, vulnerability is saying I love you first. Vulnerability is waiting to hear the phone ring from the doctor to find out if you have cancer or not. Vulnerability mm-hmm. is starting your own business. Vulnerability is going back to school. Mm-hmm. None of those things are ever weakness. They're always signs of tremendous courage and tremendous strength. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I think one of the, I think the one misnomer that I hear from people sometimes who have listened to Brene and they feel so empowered by her, you know, and they hear, ah, vulnerability is that vulnerability is joy and happiness. It's what we all want. And vulnerability leads to joy and happiness. It does. It truly does. Or nobody would ever do it, you know? Um, but it's not a picnic. It requires, it requires some courage. Um, but I think that once people have taken the leap of making those risks, uh-huh. um, they find that they can't really go back and, and not do it anymore. They find that it changes their lives. They find that they're stronger and that they're, they're feeling dishonest to themselves when they try to step back and not take those courageous risks um, in their lives. Um, and, and the thing that's, I think, a little bit paradoxical is that, you know, vulnerability is what we love in other people. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it's like when we meet a person and they're really able to be open and honest and vulnerable, we think, wow, that, that person, that's, you know, that's really the heart of authenticity. That person is so authentic. Mm-hmm. And so we're learning to be more comfortable with this. We're learning to realize how to go out there and do that because that's what makes life open up it allows life to open up mm-hmm. I was just thinking about being like in a room full of people mm-hmm. and everyone saying I'm fine I'm fine and not really sharing much and then somebody said you know I had this really bad day or I'm struggling with this particular thing and I I don't know if you've seen this but there's like there can be a domino effect with that where then all of a sudden it's like totally. okay now we can get a little bit more real here and that's when the connection starts. Totally, mm-hmm. totally, absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be vulnerable all the time and at every moment in your life. You know, that's one of the things that people get afraid about. Is like, you know, if I'm vulnerable, you know, that's that's where that's one of the myths is that vulnerability is oversharing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not oversharing because we we're vulnerable with people who have earned the rights to hear our stories, um, and we learn that as well because. Sometimes you're in a work environment or somewhere else where when people say, how are you doing today? They really want to hear fine. You know, that's what they want to hear. Uh-huh. So you learn, obviously there are times when it's not appropriate to put yourself out there all the way, but mm-hmm. you learn that stuff. And it's pretty easy to tell the difference, honestly, when you get right out there. Like, it's almost like who it's safe to share those things with, mm-hmm. who you're giving a part of yourself to. Right. In those moments, like, yeah. You make those decisions because that's a gift. To, that's a gift to that other person. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what do you think gets in the way of people? I mean, you talked a little bit about the Harry Potter example of, like, <laughs> the messages that are sent, right? Mm-hmm. Um to people as children but what are some other things that you think get in the way of people being able to get vulnerable to be vulnerable with the people who matter in their lives I think it's almost always fear of disconnection I think it's almost always a fear that if I open up to you and tell you this this thing about myself that you might not like me anymore Uh um you know I think that that's the big thing it's it's a hard thing and it's a courageous thing um, and so, yeah, that's why, that's why people don't do it much. I mean, in, in the daring way, we spend one session and it's kind of one of my favorites, but we talk about armor, uh-huh. you know, and, and that what people have learned to do in their lives in order to not 
you know, face the threat of disconnection from other people is they armor up when they go out into the world every day. They And the, the big armor points that we talk about in The Daring Way are perfectionism, which is huge. If I perfect, perform, and please, and just do everything absolutely 100% perfect and right all the time, then nobody can reject me. But of course, that's not possible, and we don't learn lessons from it when we're not perfect. We think, oh my gosh, I have to be more perfect. It leads to a lot of anxiety, which is one of the reasons why we have so many anxiety disorders, right? Mm -hmm. um, another one is um, foreboding joy. Um, and foreboding joy is really about not allowing yourself to feel too happy. You know, if I allow myself to feel this amazing feeling of joy and happiness right now, oh my gosh, it's going to be so bad when the other shoe drops. Um, and then the other one is, is numbing. Alcohol, drugs, but there's also overworking, cleaning, social media, cool, you know. Um, cool is not really a form of numbing, but it's, an arm, it's, it's a piece of armor that we wear. Mm -hmm. You know, don't look funny don't look off don't anything and and what what we end up with when we put on all of our armor is yeah we aren't vulnerable we do not disconnect from other people we don't have you know we don't have to worry about being rejected although actually people reject us anyhow don't they but right. sometimes right um but we don't feel anything good in our life we learn how to not feel we learn how to be walking bodies, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of walking through our lives and feeling it, it's a very empty feeling. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's what makes it all worthwhile in the end. Mm -hmm. Well, it feels so heavy thinking about the armor, like having yeah. to carry the burden of that. And that, and I'm thinking about as you're talking, this idea of the wanting to be seen and not wanting to be seen. Mm -hmm. So that once the armor starts coming down, um, what that process looks like for people who are starting to be seen. Like, what mm -hmm. do you notice or what have you heard from other people um, as far as their experiences around? Now I'm seen for me, which is the authenticity piece that I know you were mentioning earlier. Mm -hmm. I mean, I see mostly positive results, really. I mean, but the foundational stuff that we have people go into when we start the group is... You know, we talk about the arena. The arena is the big metaphor. And we talk about all the different seats of the arena, right? Uh -huh. um, the people who are in there, they're the people who have, have the cheap seats. And they're the people who are hurling criticism, but they're not in there taking risks themselves. And so you learn to kind of, okay, I'm taking my armor off. And I know that the cheap seats are there. They're going to hurl criticism. Do those people matter? So you kind of learn that. You kind of learn you're going to get hammered by people who don't matter, mm -hmm. but they don't matter. Mm -hmm. So we spend a lot of time with a couple of different concepts. One is talking about the people who do matter and how you form trust and connections and how you form you know, solid relationships and keep those people close to you because when you do get hit, those are the people that you come and talk to. Those are the people who you can be yourself with. Um, we talk a lot about empathy and self-compassion. Mm -hmm. We spend a lot of time on self-compassion and on strategies for becoming more compassionate with yourself. Um, and the, one of the very first sessions in, in the Daring Way after we do kind of our group synthesizing, it used to be at the end of the curriculum, now it's at the beginning, uh -huh. um, is a whole session on values clarification. 
and and it, it's really really great that she moved that to the beginning of it because what because what's important is that if you have a good sense of what your values are and what's meaningful to you mm-hmm. then you can carry your values into the arena with you you can look over to your seats of empathy and self-compassion you've got your trusting relationships and so you're shedding this armor and you're walking in there uh-huh. and the other sheets seats in there you got the cheap seats you've also got shame and comparison uh-huh. you know and then the other seats in the arena are the box seats um, and the box seats are the people who made the arena you know themselves they're the people who are waiting for you to fall either because of gender or race or education level or whatever it is and you feel all of those seats within yourself so what we do is we really learn to identify them so that when you're walking in, you're trying to shed your armor, right? Mm-hmm. But you know who's in there. Mm-hmm. You expect them. We know how to identify our shame. We mm-hmm. learn what to, what are some things, some good strategies to do with shame when it comes, because mm-hmm. everybody has that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really spend some time really looking into our seats of empathy and self-compassion. Mm-hmm. So how do you describe shame to people? Because I know that that's a, another big part of all of this. Mm-hmm. And... Um, does Brene still describe herself as a shame researcher? I think she does. Yeah. yeah I think she does. She's the first person I'd ever heard mm-hmm. that was kind of doing Because people sh- cringe at the word shame. Yes. I mean, you know, people will be listening to this podcast going, oh, this is about shame. Okay, no, I'm, not, I'm not in on that. But, the, um, but, you know, the first thing that we learn about shame when we start doing all of this stuff is that everybody has shame. Mm-hmm. Everybody. If you don't have shame... It basically means you're a sociopath. So you kind of don't want that. I mean, shame is that that feeling that washes over us, that tells us that we're not enough. We're not good enough. We're not smart enough. We can't do it. You know, somebody can say something, and we have, and we spend a lot of time in, in the Daring Way group talking about what our shame triggers are so that we can anticipate when they might be coming, uh-huh. you know, if we're walking into a particular arena, you, you know, you know that feeling, it's just, I'm going to go shrink now mm-hmm. and make myself really small or else, you know, Renee talks about it as there's, it's like you're in a vice. On one side, you have not good enough, not, not strong enough, not beautiful enough, not smart enough. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, if you decide that you're just going to go forth and do it anyhow, you have the other side of the vice saying, Oh, who do you think you are? You really think you're something now and you're not. Mm-hmm. And shame grabs you like that and throws you to the ground. And 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 it's it's a trick. It's a tr- it's really a trick to kind of get up from that. We talk about shame shields and the, the things that people do when they go into shame. They either um, they kind of hide and shrink and uh-huh. try to get away or they people pre- please they get mm-hmm. closer. Or they act out and they hurl something right back at you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can feel when you're in shame, and we teach people how to feel when they're in shame and how they're getting into it and what happens in their body when they're in shame, mm-hmm. then the thing is to try not to use those shields. They don't help. Just try to get out from that situation and and, and kind of ground yourself. You do a lot of mindfulness work. Yeah. Just kind of ground yourself uh-huh. mindfully and find somebody to talk with about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing about shame is that as soon as you start talking about it, it shrinks. 
And that's the thing. And the thing, but when we go into shame, the last thing we want to do is talk to somebody about it. Mm -hmm. But when we do, it shrinks, it begins to go away. We come back and we get on with our lives. So we really teach people about trying to, trying to move beyond that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have to look at it to move through it and beyond. Yes. You absolutely Mm -hmm. have to acknowledge it. Yeah. You know, and again, always remember everyone has these experiences Mm -hmm. i mean the one thing that we always universally feel when we're in shame is that we're alone and we're the only one and nobody else could ever possibly know the way that we feel right now Mm -hmm. but everyone has these experiences everyone and then so coming together so it creates isolation Mm -hmm. and the coming together of it and talking about it together is the piece that is one of the parts that's healing absolutely yeah yeah And the groups, I mean, the groups are the most powerful, powerful way to do this stuff. I mean, I facilitate this stuff with people individually, and it's helpful. Uh But it can't compare to doing it in a group because you come in with your intention and with something that you want to talk about. You build that trust in the group, and people open up and they share. And when one person opens, it's like you said, when one person opens up and shares, then it makes it, then it frees everybody else up to open and share. And people have really powerful experiences of connection and of experiencing, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, all these other people are experiencing the same thing as me. How many other people are experiencing this? Mm -hmm. And you really learn how to go, you know, it's so empowering that you leave going, I'm going to go out into my life and do this stuff. You don't feel that sense anymore of, I can't, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm Mm-hmm. What is The Rising Strong? If you could describe the book, maybe, to begin okay. with. Well, Rising Strong is a, is the follow-up book to Daring Greatly, and, and, and Brene wrote that, I think, in response to a lot of questions that people have raised with her about, you know, who said, you know, I did it. I went out there into the arena. I took off all my armor. I was vulnerable. I fell, and I got my butt kicked. And now what do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that she says over and over again in both Rising Strong and in Daring Greatly is you will get your butt kicked. The more you step out there courageously into the arena, you're going to have successes and wonderful experiences, but you're also going to get your butt kicked. And so Rising Strong was written to address that. How do you get up? How, when you have fallen, when you've made that mighty fall, how do you get up, dust yourself off, and walk back out into the arena again? Mm-hmm. So it follows the same metaphor. There's a little bit of some of the same, um, there's a couple of units that are overlaps, mm-hmm. um, but but a lot of it's new. And, and it's based on the idea of story, and that we're all hardwired for story, mm-hmm. um, and that when something bad happens, the first thing that our brain does is it tells us a story about what happened and why it happened and our it's a survival mechanism so our brain is wired to tell us a story and it doesn't matter if the story is true or not as long as we can say it makes sense and then you get a chemical reward and you go aha i figured it out she's always hated me you uh-huh. know or whatever so um so so we spend some time developing the idea of story people come in again with an intention with mm-hmm. fall Mm-hmm. And, and we help them write kind of their first draft of their story. Their story is this thing that's you know, isn't really quite right. And, 
Um, what I, I think one of the most powerful things that I learned just from reading Rising Strong for the first time is the way that you present that first draft. I've shared that with so many people, especially couples. It's really helpful with because when you get into an into conflict or a fall or something with another person and you make up this story, you can immediately go back to that person and point your finger at them and go, you, da, 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 you know, and then you have a problem. Mm-hmm. And the thing we do in Rising Strong is we, we've written the first draft. We know the first draft's not, not accurate. And so we go back and we say, when this thing happened, the story I made up was mm-hmm. that you've always hated me and you've never liked me. And when you present it like that, mm-hmm. it immediately opens a door. I think it's just the most wonderful sentence in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, because that person, you're not really accusing that person of something. You're saying, this is the way it feels inside of my body, and that is 100% true to me. Mm-hmm. It's really real for me, mm-hmm. but I'm not saying that that's what you did. Mm-hmm. And then you have dialogue. Mm-hmm. So it's great. So we write these first drafts, and we go through sort of a process of learning what are all of the things that we need to rumble with in order to write a brave new ending to our story. And we have a bunch of different topics that we go through. They include shame and vulnerability, but they're a little shorter. Um, They're a lot shorter than they are in the daring way. Um, They also include grief and forgiveness, um, boundaries, trust, mm -hmm. anxiety, over and under functioning. Um, And we move through all of those things and we really look at our fall and our story within from the lens of of all of those different, she calls them rumble topics. So, um, like that. She always has all of her, you know, her little sayings for everything. Uh-huh. Um, um, and by the end, you know, we have everybody write a new story um, based on what they figured out from that, which is usually a much more realistic version. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about methods of offloading hurt that you know that people do early on when they have they got their first draft and they're really angry and all the ways that they offload it to people mm-hmm. we give them some strategies for grounding and being mindful and then we go into all of those topics mm-hmm. um, and it's I really enjoy rising strong I think people get a lot out of it mm-hmm. it's a it's a lot of fun Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is there a certain order that people need to go in? Can If somebody wanted was more interested in rising strong, would it be okay to start with that? Do you recommend that they start in a particular place? How does it... How, what do you think about that? I'm not sure it matters. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure it matters. It is helpful to do both. Uh-huh. I had a group uh, last winter that we just did rising strong. Uh-huh. Um, and when they were done with rising strong, they said, we want to do the daring way. Uh-huh. And they came back. It was an eight-week group, mm-hmm. so we ended up doing sixteen weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and they and they just you know, so I really do think that you can go either way with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always you know, it's always a tough decision point when I'm doing when I'm working with people individually, and I feel like they would really benefit from some of Brene's work and we're going to integrate it into the work that we're doing individually it's sort of like well now do we do it from the perspective of a fall that they took or do we do it from the perspective of walking bravely into their life mm-hmm. um, and so when you say fall sure. mm-hmm. what, what does that mean exactly um, a fall is basically any time when, you, when you've tried to be brave and, and you received some sort of uh, rejection for it for Mm -hmm. instance Mm -hmm. um um 
I'm trying to think of what I did. I mean, I, I think a lot of facilitators haven't done this, but when I finished my training in the Daring Way, I went and did weekend intensives as a participant in mm-hmm. the Daring Way. And then my facilitators then a year later were learning how to do, you know, Rising Strong, and they said, we want your, your specific group to come back and do this, and we did both. So my fall in Rising Strong, I think, was, was um, you know, I spent 20 years in a social service agency, and when, it was, when I realized that I had no career there left, that was a fall. Uh, um, people have had falls in their relationships and their marriage, um, mm-hmm. a divorce is usually a fall that would be a big fall but there can be little falls too uh-huh. you know an argument is a fall mm-hmm. um, anytime you get triggered you know by something that happened where you're making up a story that may or may not be accurate you know we can call that a fall mm-hmm. um, yeah and so that again that there's like common ground that everybody has experienced falls in bigger and mm-hmm. smaller forms mm-hmm yeah, I think a lot of the people that I was doing the group with, uh, the rise of the one rising strong group I've done, a lot of them had falls related to their relationships with extended family members, and uh-huh. mostly actually their spouses' family members who had been really rough on them and didn't accept them and welcome them into the family. Mm-hmm. It was really common um, theme with that group, and um, work-related falls. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, there were. A family-related relationships with parents. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So what resources do you recommend that people check out um, for getting to know more of Brene Brown's work, for maybe getting ready to maybe come into one of the groups? Mm-hmm. Well, the good news is there's tons of them now. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, when I nowadays when I Google Brene Brown, you come up with you just come up with everything because in addition to you'll see the four books she's written mm-hmm. um, which um, the first one was specific to shame it was um, oh, what's it called what's it called um, I thought it was just me but it's not the second one was the gifts of imperfection um, which is um, kind of all about you know being yourself and being authentic. The next one was Daring Greatly, which is you know she describes as be all in, you know, mm-hmm. take courageous leaps and then rising strong. Um, they're all inexpensive. You can do them by audiobook. Um, the TEDx talk on vulnerability is the first step for tons of people. Uh-huh. Um, it's all you have to do is you know what if you Google Brene Brown just Brene Brown the power of vulnerability will pop up uh-huh. and you will be able to see that when I did my national training for the Daring Way I would say most of the people who commented on how they got into the to the work it was with watching that video mm-hmm. as it was for me mm-hmm. um, very common you watch that and you go oh my gosh this is everything and then you know you get hooked um, she created, and I don't know if it's still out there, a, a um, video curriculum um, based on the gifts of imperfection with Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. Um, I never did that, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if it's still available, but she also recently developed a um, new program called CourageWorks at CourageWorks.com, and you can do a lot of classwork, um, video-based, on-your-own classwork, with the daring way, with rising strong, um, I think she's got a thing that she's doing with Kristen Neff on self compassion, where mm-hmm. you can take that as a course. Mm-hmm. 
um, those are available. Mm-hmm. I always think it's a little bit funny doing the Daring Way by video because I know that one of the things that Brene says over and over again is you can't do vulnerability by yourself. So if you're doing a video course on it, you know, it's not going to replicate what you have in a group. And, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that she's told all of us mm-hmm. as well as this isn't meant to replicate the groups. The groups are really, really much more intensive. And I certainly have gotten clients who have come to me after having done some things on Courage Works and said, I realized when I did this on Courage Works that I need to go see a therapist. And so then they look, there's also the daringway.com, which is very important uh, resource for people to have. Um, if you go to the daringway.com, you can, there's a tab for upcoming groups and uh-huh. you can click on your state and see everything that's coming up. Um, there aren't a lot in Illinois. There are a lot of facilitators, but there aren't very many groups. I was looking at it yesterday, and mine's the only one that's up, mm-hmm. um, along with um, another facilitator that I know who's very good who has these kind of one- or two-hour workshops. There is also a tab on the daringway.com website that says find a professional near you, and you can enter your zip code, and it'll just list you out, everybody. You know, and those are... They're not all therapists, so it depends on what you're looking for. Some of them are coaches. Some of them really just do organizational development work. Uh Some of them are related to churches. Um, But you'll find a a comprehensive list of everyone in your area who is a trained facilitator um, in in the daring way. And if they're trained in the daring way, they're also trained in Rising Strong. They've worked with Brene's faculty members. They've all been to national training with Brene and and the people, her people, mm-hmm. yeah. So at the time of this podcast, mm-hmm. 2016, you have um, a weekend retreat coming up. Yes. And it's November... 11th through 13th. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so then for future uh, mm-hmm. weekend retreats or other groups, um, what is your website so that people can check it out? My website is www.compatiblecounseling.com. Mm-hmm. My business is called Compatible Counseling Solutions. And if you go to my website, there are tabs on my website for the Daring Way. There's also a little button you can push that says groups are forming now that will take you straight to the information on this upcoming group in November and mm-hmm. with a link to the registration form. Mm-hmm. So right now, that group is forming. Um, I've gotten my first registrations, mm-hmm. I'm nice. happy to say. Um, so at this time, you know, it's I have a little discount, so I'll just plug it a little bit. Um, yeah. Right now, if you register between now and October 15th, it will cost $600. Um, after that, it's $700. Um, it is, you know, it's, it's 14, 14 hours of solid curriculum during mm-hmm. that time. Um, it, so it is, it is time intensive and there, it's longer than that. I mean, there's also breaks and lunch and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. the cost includes all the facilitation, the binders, the worksheets, snacks, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, is there anything else you want people to know about the Daring Way, Brene's work, Rising Strong? I think that's it. Yeah. I think we've been pretty comprehensive here. Yeah, I think so too. Well, thanks for being a part of this. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. All information related to this particular episode can be found at onthebluecouch.com. Please follow On the Blue Couch at Twitter, iTunes, 
and Facebook. Until next time, thank you.